It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to wall. Oh, yeah. Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Welcome to Dash Radio, nothing but net station. This is Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network. You can follow them at, at Dash underscore radio and at NBN underscore radio. I'm your host, Becca Winker, at Becca MVP, and tonight I'm joined by Ian, my host Ian. Ian, how are you today? Hey, what's up, Becca? How's it going, dude? Good, and we're joined by Noah, our, a.k.a. our president. So how are you, Noah? The president. The president. I do not not want to be compared to the president in any capacity these days. I'm sorry. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) (laughs) He's my president. He's not the president, but he's my president. So tonight we've got a lot of things to discuss. And the first thing we're going to discuss is how the capital success will hinder the Wizards offseason. And Noah believes that this will do so. Noah, do you want to go into detail why you feel that way? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk about this a lot, but basically Ted Leonsis, in my humble opinion, is more concerned about hockey than basketball, and he doesn't want to rock the boat concerning the Wizards. He is confident that the core intact, which I'll get into who he actually names in his core in his blog post, but he thinks that, you know, no over, you know, landscape decisions need to be changed. Um, they resigned Otto to keep the continuity. Uh, basically, they blamed injuries on the reason for the Wizards inconsistency this year and i just think that given how well the caps have done and may be about to win this stanley cup here on 
Thursday night, uh, I, I think that it's kind of safer for him just to stick with what he's got and kind of ride that out, especially because the Caps have kind of stuck with their core, even though they've built around it. Um, I don't know much about hockey. But anyways, I think that the Wizards are not going to make many moves, and it's just going to disappoint the fan base. Basically because he's like, hey, I got you guys. I got this team to a championship. I can only do so much. Like, you know, we're making the playoffs. That's good enough. That's that's my take, which we'll get into more details on. But kind of, I, I don't think a lot is going to shake up for the Wizards this offseason. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it here in a bit. We have a lot to say. And yeah, there's going to be a lot to talk about and chat about. But I don't know. I mean, Noah, our, our president... My how president, is, uh, Noah. How's the, how's the retired life? Have you been checking out, I mean, you mentioned the Caps, but have you been checking out the, the ridiculously boring NBA Finals Part 5? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely um, a man kind of just dragging a bunch, I mean, Kevin loves an all-star <laughs> for sure, and dragging, you know, 14 other players, 13 other players into the Finals. He must be incredibly frustrated, I don't know what the next step is for LeBron, but I would not want to be... I'd love to be in his shoes because playing in the finals is cool, but it's got to be very depressing when you have, you know, one and a half, two guys playing like all-stars going against four guys who are legit all-stars, solid bench performers. JaVale McGee going like five for five, six for six. How is this happening? Uh, And, you know, you've got finals records for most threes made by Steph Curry, nine uh, over in game two. I, I expect... Of course, you'll be listening to this after the game ends, but I expect the Cavaliers to win tonight. I'm, we'll see if I'm right or wrong when you guys actually listen. Yeah, well, I'm know, hoping. Man. I'm it's, hoping for me a and win. Me and Becca have talked about it, but they've ruined basketball. So the Warriors. <laughs> you guys are putting together awesome work, by the way. Um, Thank I really you. I really like the piece on Mike Scott. Um, that was good to, to hear about his upbringing and kind of the the struggles to find consistency in the league, and he found his home. Who knows how long with the Wizards? Uh, the the Locked On Pacers podcast um, about Demarcus Cousins and all the complications of possibly trying for the Wizards to acquire John Wall's best friend were cool. I love the Michael Jordan piece, Ian. That was that was quality stuff. So you guys have done an all star effort. Um, too bad there aren't too many all stars on the Wizards. They could definitely use it. Better, but <laughs> you guys are you guys are killing it. Um, I'm glad. You know, I'm excited to listen to everything you post and keep it up. Isn't Noah the best? I just want to say, I just want to say, I think Noah's the best, but I might straight be from, straight from the president, straight from the president himself. And also we've got a lot to say about the atmosphere of Capital One Arena tomorrow, having the watch party and the Mystics game prior to the watch party. So we'll get into details about that later. And I just want to ask you guys, what do you guys think about the game tonight? Cavs, Warriors, what's your score predictions? Because mm, um, it's it's going on right now. One eighteen to one twelve Cavaliers. All right. You think it'll be a tight one, huh? Yeah, I do. I, I do in Cleveland. Yeah. I think that it's going to be a little bit more. I think the Cav the Warriors kind of realize in the fourth quarter that. They're not going to give up, but they're kind of going to realize this isn't their game to win, and they'll try and go up 3-1 to one over in game four. So I think the Cavs are going to... It'll be one of those like garbage time fourth quarters where the Cavs like, go up big, but it doesn't actually look that way in the final box score. So I'd say it'll be like, I don't know, 119-103 to 103 Cavaliers or something. 
Okay. Yeah, so, if they go three one, it's over. Like no, no one can ever come back from that. No one can ever come back from that. Wait, you're making a joke at the moment, but now it's very evident, and I'm sorry for jumping on you. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop talking. All right, guys, we're gonna take right. a quick break, and when we come back, we will be discussing everything we just listed. And as a reminder, you are listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. And we'll see you on the flip side. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Hey guys, welcome back. You are listening to Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network. Joining me is Noah, our president, and Ian, aka the real Ian E. The first thing we really want to get into is how the capital success will hinder the Wizards offseason. And I know Noah has a lot of things to say about Ted's note and how he feels that the capitals are prioritized more than the Wizards. You ready to take the lead on this one, Noah? Yeah, no doubt. It's a pleasure to be back here. And I don't necessarily think that it's going to definitely have a, a bad impact on the Wizards. I wouldn't say the capital success is like going to be bad for sure. Um, I think it'll be great from a marketing perspective, given like all the excitement that this has generated all, you know, like the all caps type of mantra, I think is a lot cooler than DC family or whatever else type of slogans the wizards have. But I'm just concerned that I kind of think of it as like, I'm about to go to grad school. So I'm thinking about it as if you're studying for an exam, like a final exam, if there are two classes that you have to pass, and you're like, you know, you've been working throughout the semester, throughout the year, whatever, to try and do well in these two classes. And then you take your first exam, feel great about it, get the results back, and either you, like, got 100% and, like, totally aced it, or you're, like, one step away and got, like, a B-plus or whatever going to the Stanley Cup Finals and coming up short. It would probably be a pretty, disappointment, pretty disappointing given how, how big of the, the lead the Caps have right now. But essentially, like, you would feel so good about that one exam that's the giant burden off your shoulders. You know, it's been, what, since the early 90s that the NEDC team was competing for a championship at, at this level, which was the Redskins in the Super Bowl. So I feel like once you do that well on your first exam, you're kind of going to blow off the second exam and be like, as long as I pass, we're good. Like, that's all I care about. And so Ted Leonsis, in, you know, the very day after the Wizards uh, had that Game 6 loss on April 27th to the Raptors, the number one seed, uh, when they scored like zero points in the fourth quarter and shot, I can't remember the exact statistic, but it was awful. It was probably like four of 20, somewhere around there. Uh, you guys can jump in if you know exactly what it was. But there are some real problems with, with the issue with the Wizards 
and you know just the the tone of of course it's crafted by the pr people with the wizards but like the tone of what ted leontis was saying is basically he says he's disappointed but this line really jumped out to me he said this was ted's take in the monumental sports network.com april 28th post while the team's inconsistency was sometimes frustrating to watch i am extremely proud of their perseverance they overcame their star player being out for 41 games and still found a way to win Bradley Beal was recognized as an all-star in his own right. Kelly Oubre and Tomas Sadoransky were incredibly effective off the bench and showed that they can contribute at a high level, and Otto Porter fought through injury and continued to compete. We wish him a speedy recovery. So we didn't reach our goal, but which was to do better than last year, but we still have a lot to be proud of, question mark. And we will <laughs> use the offseason to assess what we can do to reach that full potential we see with the team. So, I mean... At the end, he talks about TV ratings, which I I have no idea why that was thrown in there. (laughs) Anyway, the thing that frustrates me is, okay, the team was inconsistent. You admit that. But there's no accountability for saying, okay, because, I don't know, because, what is it? Like, because we don't have a center who can guard athletic big men and compete with, you know, even guys like Pascal Siakam, who played the full fourth quarter and dominated. Like, it's basically saying... I'm extremely proud of our inconsistency, proud of the perseverance. And so that's, that's just like really wild sad. to me that the day after it's like, okay, our team is not good right now, but I'm proud that we continue to play hard, I guess, even though inconsistency <laughs> basically means like you did play hard some games and not so hard the rest of them. I just feel like Ted Leonsis is, I don't really know in his mind whether he cares more about hockey or basketball, and I'm not going to guess. But it just seems like the way that the the Capitals have been built, the way they've kind of, you know, just drafted well and, you know, plucked their homegrown talent and kind of made improvements that way while maintaining the core. It's not something the Wizards have really done, given that Kelly Oubre was the last draft pick they had. Um, He didn't mention excitement about having the 15th pick in this draft. Of course, you can't say everything in this final stand, but just, you know, the, the fact is... It's kind of like he mentioned the core. We're going back to work with John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, Kelly Oubre, and Tomas Sadoransky. Those are the guys who seem to be untouchable, or else why would he say their names in terms of, you know, I'm really proud of having these guys on the team. He didn't mention draft picks. He didn't mention Markeith Morris, Martin Gorta, Jan Mahimni, Jason Smith, Jody Meeks. When you look at that list of people, you can't really improve, except for the 15th draft pick, you can't improve with trying to move any of those guys. I guess Markeith Morris has his ups and downs. I guess uh, Jan Mahimi played slightly better this year than his injury plagued season last year, but nobody wants to touch that contract. It's just, to me, it's like, listen, we didn't achieve what we wanted to. We weren't better than last year, but our star was injured, so whatever, we'll be better next year. We'll run it back with the same guys. Uh, This is our core. We're moving forward. We're not going to do anything. He never mentions, like, our goal is to compete a championship unless it was like the first line and I missed it but I, I don't know Ian do you feel like you you're gonna we're gonna kind of get into your rant right after we take another break but in like to, to kind of preview it do you think that this run from the Capitals would be beneficial and inspirational and motivate the Wizards because I don't think it's going to have a front office impact I so I think I, th- I think you make some really good points. Me and Becca and Arthur have talked on a previous episode about 
kind of the similarities between the Capitals and the Wizards, but there's some huge key differences. You mentioned a few of them drafting a little bit better. Not not the superstars, because both teams have kind of hit on their stars for the most part, I think. But the other, the, Yeah, but the other core pieces, like drafting good core pieces and keeping them around too. You know, um, something the Wizards don't do. They have their three dudes, and then they try to fill in every year with different guys, and it's there's been some continuity the last couple of seasons, but just not. It's There's a window for success, and I think a window for contention for the Wizards. There's, there's still three to four, you know, five years. But they're kind of handcuffed to, like, a train track, and there's a train coming. <laughs> like, so, we'll, but we'll get into it. Um, but I can what, take us to, what is this train? Is it just, you know, <laughs> it, the it, deterioration of your core and frustration of, you know, not getting to that next level? Is that the train Are there multiple trains from coming? If there's a train that leaves St. Louis at 4 p.m. going at 200 miles an hour and another train that's coming from Vegas, like, which one is going to hit the Wizards the farthest, first? The farthest math I ever got to is algebra. <laughs> <laughs> but, Becca, Becca, take All right. Well, when we come back, we'll, we'll get into it. When we come back, we're going to hear Ian's rant and we're going to discuss the atmosphere of Capital One Arena tomorrow and how the Mystics are impacted. I feel like everyone's being in- impacted by the Capitals, including the Mystics now. And as a reminder, you are listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. We will return shortly. Hello, welcome. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Network, and we are here to discuss so much tonight with our special guest, Noah, and my co-host, Ian. As a reminder, tomorrow we're going to have the watch party at Capital One Arena, which is going to be crazy. If you are going, please be safe. I mean, you won't be hearing this podcast till after, so I don't know why I'm telling you this, but um, (laughs) I hope you're safe. I hope you're okay. I hope you made it out all right. And we are continuing Ian's rant. So Ian, take it away. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, be safe. Don't burn too many dumpsters or break any windows, please. We're not, we're not, we're not, not, yeah, guys, we're we're not Boston, okay? Let's be classy about it, so. Anyway. Love it. Sorry, Jay. Um, (laughs) So, Noah, you made some good points. We kind of touched on it before the break, but I think when you look at, when you look at the Washington Capitals and the success they've had, it's easy 
especially as a fan, it's easy to forget the road here and the road to, and there's some differences I'll get into, but the road to this probably, I'd need to knock on wood because it would be very DC sports if they didn't pull this off at this point, leading 3-1, but the road to getting to the Stanley Cup and so far dominating in the Stanley Cup came from a very, like a super so wizards route of just let down after let down after let down every single season. And it was, it was even just like last year, two years ago, three years ago, five, six years ago, like every single year for the last half decade, all you hear is people saying, we need to blow up the Washington Capitals. It's over. It's over, man. There's oh, no hope. This court can't get it done. If they were going to do it, it was going to be, this was going to be the year and they screwed it up. And I think there are some key differences for sure. The Washington Wizards and Arthur mentioned this with me before, but they have never been as good as the Capitals. I don't think ever. Um, when you look at like the regular season success for the Caps, just <laughs> straight up the best team in, in hockey, period. It's like if it's like if the Wizards were the Warriors. That's kind of what the Caps the Caps were for a while. I feel like it's more like a, the Raptors might be a comparable example, sure. like a team that always or like recently has performed great in the regular season that just can't get it done, always faces like the Penguins or the Rangers, that one person, that one foe that always just has their, their number. Yeah. I, I feel like that's maybe the talk, the bas- if the Capitals were a basketball team, would that be an adequate comparison? Yeah, the Raptors, that's actually a way better cop, yeah. So, that is, you know, I think, I think that's true. I think the Wizards have never been as good as the Capitals, but I also think when you look at how patient... Ted Leonsis has been with that team and he's, and we're kind of, I think we're going to, and eat, whether it's good or bad, we're going to see that with the wizards too. We're going to see patience. I think he's going to kind of sit on his hands and try yeah. to wait and keep the core. And then with what they can do, try to mix and match pieces around that core. But I don't know, like to your points, to, to give you some credit on your point. The Wizards are not built like the Capitals were. They don't have cap space. They don't have maneuverability. They can't really move too many assets to bring in other assets. Like, the contracts are a nightmare. Um, They're kind of, like we said earlier, handcuffed to a train track, and there's a train coming, and there's a bomb on the front. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have a question, because I don't know a ton about the Capitals. Do they have players who are still on the rise, or is kind of everyone, like, at their max potential? Because when I look at the Wizards... There are four players in my mind who are improving, and that's Bradley, so, Otto Porter, Kelly, Ubre, and Tomas Adoransky. I think Wall has kind of hit his ceiling, and nobody else, you know, everyone else is kind of on the downturn of their careers. Maybe, I don't even know if Meeks would come back, but like he can't have a worse season than he just had, so maybe he'll improve, but <laughs> kind of what, no. is what he is at this age. No, he'll, he'll be in China probably. Um, I think that, I think that Bradley Beal still has a really high ceiling, but to, to answer your question, like, Imagine when you look at the Capitals and you look at Alex Ovechkin and and then you look at like Kuznetsov. Imagine that the, if the Wizards had a player on their roster in the starting lineup, where it was John Wall, and then there was this there was this other guy who was going to be the future of the franchise, and you would stop and go, man, he's. I mean, maybe he's not going to be better than John Wall by the end when everything's said and done, but he's going to be really really close. Like, that's Alex Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. And Kuznetsov is still a pretty young dude. He's got a lot 
that was good hockey out ahead of him. So, but I mean, to wrap up my take, and you know, I'm gonna, I want to see what you think, Becca. But I feel like the Capitals, it's it's two, it's twofold. The Capitals, I think, should be a lesson in patience for Wizards fans. You don't just take your talent and blow it up. You try to maneuver around it, and and then even when there's no expectations like this season you end up maybe winning a Stanley Cup. When you look at the Caps, everyone wanted to blow it up. Well, Capitals fans, was it worth it? The letdown of every single season, year after year, when you wanted to trade away Alex Ovechkin and blow the team up? Was it worth it to wait for this? Because I think it probably was. And if you're a Wizards fan, four years, three years from now, four years from now, even five years from now, if the team's totally different, and we were behind the curve but we finally caught up, if they got to the NBA Finals and maybe even won it, would it be worth it? Would it be worth all these stupid seasons with a stupid GM? Because I, I think it would be. But I, I mean, what do, you, what do you think, Becca? This is a really triggering conversation for me, but... Um, triggered. <laughs> I am hashtag triggered. I just want to say that I was kind of feeling irrational at the end of this season. It left me with a sour taste in my mouth, and I just... I felt like, besides Wall, everybody should be tradable. Blow it up. But now that I've gotten to think about it, I was kind of overreacting. And I agree. I think the Capitals fans were patient, and now they they might possibly end up with what they want. And I think with the talent that we have, we can too. It's just a matter of waiting it out and seeing if we can work with starters that we have. Well, and like in the other pieces too, right? Like definitely keeping, auto, you know, maybe Otto, maybe Brad, but you keep John Wall, kind of, of like the Caps kept Ovechkin, and you try to shuffle pieces around him until it works. And I mean, me and you talked about this, you know, a little teaser. We, me and Becca, will have a Chris Paul kind of John Wall trajectory episode coming out soon. But you know, it's kind of what we talked about. And like Noah, to to what you were saying earlier, do you think you know? I know you think. Ted Leonsis could bring a Stanley Cup to D.C. and then he'll just twiddle his thumbs and be like, well, okay, it's good enough. But I just, I don't know, man. Like, he's a billionaire. He's always, you know, anyone who makes that much money and has the success that he has in his life is super driven. And they're always looking for that next thing. You know, they're always looking for that next achievement. And when he does this, I almost think, like, I could totally see it as him maybe even going, okay, it's time now to focus on this. Yeah, I can see that from a profit standpoint because he's like, okay, making them playoffs and being able to raise ticket prices every year is great. That's all I need. But then I don't know how much you're you're turning out from like these watch parties and all the merchandise sold and all the, you know, like food and stuff that people are buying. But I'm sure he's thinking in his mind, like I've got to get more teams that can draw these types of crowds because this is ridiculous, like our business is through the roof. So maybe just a financial perspective will we'll drive him to find people who know about basketball in the front office and improve the team a little bit. But just, I mean, at a base level, I think the Wizards have serious issues, and they have issues at, you know, roster construction. They have issues with coaching. They have issues with their players. And it's not something, you know, these are things that, like, no individual level can resolve. So I think it takes ownership to really, you know, make 
not necessarily like blow it up type changes, but like you've got to do something to change the culture of the team, uh, essentially, because you've got, you know, players like Bradley Beal saying that the team, you know, plays at different levels depending on the opponent. You've got Coach Brooks saying over and over again, you know, we've got 82 games, we've got to find five guys who can compete, and I haven't found that. And so there's going to be, you know, big ramifications, and there's a horribly constructed roster that didn't use its two way contracts that had no backup shooting guard that brought in like five backup point guards that pays way too much for its centers and didn't even fill its last roster spot. So like, these are things that when you look at the, when you climb up above the trees and look at this thousand foot view, it shows an aloof management that doesn't necessarily care about how well this team maximizes its potential. They just want to drag this team into a 500 or, you know, barely making the playoff type of season. And so that's why I think not a lot is going to change, and not just for the sake of continuity, but more so for the sake of this team is good enough. We don't want to, I don't really know. They just don't have enough of a vested interest in getting the Wizards to improve, in my mind. I don't follow the Capitals enough to know if there was those sort of midseason turmoil issues, but I just want to correct one quick thing because I mentioned... In the last segment, I don't think that Ted Leonsis mentioned championship and his blog. I totally overlooked the second paragraph, which doesn't make very much sense. It might be my favorite paragraph to criticize from this blog. It says, our singular goal in everything we do is to win a championship. You deserve it. Our city deserves it. It remains our first priority and only priority. And I think our t- team showed this year that we have the pieces to make it happen. Becca, Ian, did you see at any point throughout this past season... Injury or no injury, even when Wall is playing, even in the playoffs, did you see a championship team? The answer to that question is no, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was so blunt. But no, really. Ian, you agree with me, right? Like, back me up here. I'm like, blind, Ian, right? back me up. <laughs> I've watched every game this year. There's no, they weren't even close. And that you, ha- you have, it's, the NBA has changed. It keeps continuing to change every year. It's we have the Washington Wizards have some of the best top end talent in the Eastern Conference, but the team around that talent is antiquated, outdated. Just a bunch. It's like John Wall, Bradley Beal who needs to improve a little bit, Otto Porter who needs to shoot more, and then it's like a bunch of dinosaurs. <laughs> so like running around the court, it's like a bunch of fossils. Oh my it's like, god! Catch a ball in the corner, put up the three. Like these guys are essentially extinct, but they're still playing. That's that's kind of the analogy. And I don't. I mean, Becca, you mentioned it the other day, just in in like a group call with me and Arthur when we were going over stuff. To counter my point, and it would I guess it would go more in line with what you're saying, Noah. There is a lesson to be learned with patience with the core, but. At one point with the Capitals, Ted Leonson, he kept the really important players, but then he did eventually fire the GM and hire a new one. He fired the coach and hired a new one. He sent out key all-star pieces to get other pieces back and get draft picks and, and create cap space. And I don't, does anyone, I mean, Becca, is Ernie capable of doing that? Like, you know? The answer to that question is no. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead with your (laughs) verbatim answer. I think it's going to be the same thing you just said after you asked if, you know, the Wizards were going to win the championship. Oh my gosh, you guys. You already know (laughs) what I'm going to say. This is just awful, and 
I pray every night that this is not going to be our fate where we just waste John Wall's prime years. I'm really scared right now. And the Caps kind of inspire me. I'm not going to lie. I was able to go to my first hockey game ever when they were playing the Lightning in the semifinals. I got a chance to show up to game six and it just blew me away the support the fan base gave to the team number one I was almost going to go on a rant on Twitter and tell all the Wizards fans how pathetic I think they are but at the same time the Caps have something that fans will cheer about I don't I'm not sure what we have in store and I hope it's good but I can't Unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> I'm just really like, as you can I, tell. And you know, you know, it's like messed, really messed up. It's the first time I've said this out loud. I think. Oh it's, no. It's like I'm suffering from Stockholm syndrome because I'm I'm almost afraid that if Ernie goes, maybe the new GM just goes, "We're gonna blow it up," and like you know, I lose my favorite player forever to some other team. So part of me is almost like, oh, well, at least things will stay the same. Change is bad. <laughs> well, on the other hand, some of the fossils might be gone, right? Isn't that what you want? <laughs> some of the fossils? Yeah. If, you wait, any, if you wait long enough, any species will go extinct. No if we one roll with this team and this manager long enough, a comet will come and wipe out all life. <laughs> on the Washington Wizards, so we'll, I don't know. We'll see. This conversation's really I am psyched about the atmosphere and stuff for the Caps, though, Becco. I think, if Noah, what do you think the streets of D.C. are going to be like if tomorrow night they actually do it? At the, at the expense of just dating our episode just now. <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely nuts just seeing I wasn't there in Chinatown. I was, like, way far away in Silver Spring on Monday night. But, like, seeing everyone Snapchat, seeing the articles and videos, it was crazy, you know? It was like a peaceful rowdy riot there were people like climbing on roofs there were people it was a mob um there were people like chugging beers in the streets the cops were letting it all happen uh, <laughs> it's gonna be ridiculous and i'm excited to see it i hope everybody's safe for sure that's the biggest priority but like just you know given that the tickets went on sale today's Thursday, today's wednesday so the tickets went on sale to watch for free in capital one arena for uh, uh this this last upcoming game and Right, it won't be upcoming when you guys know the result on, on Friday. But anyway, so within three minutes, my buddy is trying to get, like, you know, watch party tickets. At 103, he gets an error message that says, your order for one ticket is no longer available. I checked it out at, like, 120, and I got the note that said all the tickets were sold out. So, you know, filling up, what is it, 18,000 can fit in Capital One Arena for hockey games? That many tickets being gone within 20 minutes, that just shows how excited people are about bringing home the Stanley Cup. And, you know, even the Mystic tickets I saw a Craigslist ad were paying $500 per ticket if you want to sit at a Mystics game. No offense to Mystics whatsoever, but, you know, usually you don't see the prices of those tickets gone quite that high. And you basically have to sit there from 3 p.m. until the Caps game starts at 8. So that's that's pretty crazy. Um, somewhere, somewhere Albert from Bullets Forever is, like, clenching his fists at you. <laughs> Luckily for me... I was planning on going to the Mystics game anyways. I have my ticket, and I will be attending the watch party. But I did try to get tickets on Ticketmaster, and it was just so strange because, like, you know, Noah said, at 103, like, all the tickets were gone. 
that's just insane. Like, you know, I feel like if the Wizards has a watch party, we would have to beg people to show up. We would have I to mean, be like, please show up, please support us. But these caps, I mean, it's amazing. I, the, the Wizards fans are, they just want, Wizards fans, they're like, you know, we're Wizards fans. They just want something to cheer for. When when we were in the, when the Wizards were in the playoffs and Nene got suspended for Choke, choke slamming Jimmy Butler on the Bulls. Epic moment um, in Wizards history. That was an amazing. I went to that next game. Me and my brother were courtside, and it was an absolutely. That to me was the most incredible atmosphere I've ever been a part of because the Wizards were pretty much blowing out the Bulls to end the fourth quarter we're up by like fifteen or sixteen, and the entire crowd just started chanting like "Free Nay Nay, Free Nay Nay," and like it was a whole like a sold out arena chanting in unison, and it was unbelievable. So I know Wizards fans are legit; they're gonna show up. The team just—it's like anything. The product needs to be worth people's time and. I think with the injury to John Wall and Bradley Beal taking on way too much of a load and he was kind of just done by the end of the year and the roster being awful, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, hard, it's hard for people who aren't diehard fans like us to really want to go out and support a team like that and spend money and go, to the, go on the Metro and deal with traffic and pay for parking and all that nonsense. Yeah. It's sad to see a playoff game where, you know, it's it's like not full when tip-off happens. And that happened even for, like, the Miami Heat when they were in the finals. They were like, oh, this happens to us every year. Like, we're, we're not showing up. But, <laughs> I, I, they're, you know, like, I wish people would get as excited about the Wizards as they do about the Nationals and especially the Capitals. And I just don't see it yet. And I think just, you know, repeated winning seasons, building that culture of winning is is what leads to it. And I was there at the exit interviews uh, after they got eliminated. John Wall was as close as a grown 27-year-old man comes to begging for an athletic big man and a reliable spark off the bench. You know, he's, it's it's really obvious what the team needs. And so it's up to management to make the contracts work and to, you know, fill those gaps. But do you, I have uh, one suggestion. Are you guys gonna do like there seems to be a ton of hype about Mo Bamba and some people are going like way overboard it's like oh yeah give him you know give up Bradley Beal and our pick or whatever to get Mo Bamba like, oh my are you guys goodness gonna do, like uh I know you've done some um you know like candidates for who the Wizards should take I, I don't think Mo Bamba has any chance of sliding past like number seven I would say uh but are you guys I would love to hear like a, a segment or a full podcast dedicated to good candidates for the Wizards and who like is worth going up for what they can get at 15 in terms of big man position. Yeah, there's going to be, we're, me, Becca, and Arthur, like all three of us, but then maybe each, maybe each individually too, we're going to be doing a ton, a ton of draft stuff Legit. leading up to the draft. Yeah, that's my, the draft is my jam. It's the thing I obsess about every year, <laughs> so it's going to be fun. I know, I know you're scrolling all those YouTube videos uh, from the hours of midnight to 4 a.m. So oh my god, it's on, on top of your yeah. research. Just writing down notes on my notepad, dude. Sweet. Well, it was an absolute pleasure uh, having this conversation tonight, and I, I totally get what you're saying for continu- continuity. At a certain point, players get frustrated, though, if they're the only ones contributing and there's no support year after year. So it goes both ways. I, I hope, definitely hope, that this will be the start of a good thing for DC Sports, and I'd love to see the Caps take home the trophy and translate to the Wizards. Getting further, at least the Eastern Conference Finals, I, I would love to see. You know, only time will tell. We'll see what happens. Thanks so much for your willingness to have me back. Thank you.
We're honored to have you back anytime, Noah. 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 <laughs> okay, guys. Well, if you are on Twitter, we'd love to know what you would think. Please follow us. I'm at Becca MVP. Noah is at Noah underscore Getzel like pretzel. Right, Noah? And, Got it. And my boy Ian at the real Ian underscore E. Please follow us. Unless you're going to send us hate mail, we do not want that. Thank you so much for listening to Dash Radio, Nothing But Net Station. This is Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, and we will see you soon. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.